Well, welcome to our live edition of Unplugged. We figured that uh, if we were going to do a live episode this week, it was probably not a bad one to do it for two reasons. One, everything changes every 10 minutes at the moment around the uh, the COVID ruling. So if that happens again, obviously we'll be able to bring it to you live. But also it, it sort of allowed us to present maybe a bit of an open forum where uh, Saints fans via our page on Unplugged might be able to share their thoughts on exactly what has happened over the course of the first 10 weeks. I mean, four and six on paper doesn't read as a disaster, but if you dig a little bit closer at the percentage, you look at some of the absolute blowouts uh, last week. Obviously, against the Western Bulldogs was as bad a loss as probably any of us can remember against a very good side, but a side we beat in an elimination final last year and outplayed for a large portion of that elimination final. So you shouldn't be losing to the same side that you played in an elimination final by 111 points the next time you meet them. Yes, there's a bit of personnel change, but clearly those the issues run a little bit deeper at the Saints. We still wait to see whether the real St Kilda stands up. We hope that that's not it, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that it is not it. But we want to see your thoughts in the in the comments and uh, any questions or, or observations you may have, and we'll try to get to as many of those as we possibly can. We'll dig a little bit deeper into the teams for the North Melbourne game, which will go ahead. And I don't know about everybody else, but... Uh, an announcement of a COVID lockdown followed by playing North Melbourne at Marvel in front of no fans makes me very, very nervous uh, based on what happened 12 months ago or more than that when that happened. But, Nick, that was a, uh, a pretty lamentable day last Saturday night. We've had uh, four dead set shockers this year, but that clearly the worst of the lot. That was um, that was very, very hard to stomach. It was incredibly hard to stomach. I was saying to, um, to H earlier off, off air that I think that's the first time in about three years that I haven't at least watch the, the replay or, or, you know, an extended highlights package or, or something like that. It was, it was very hard to sit and watch live in person. And, you know, it was, it was a little bit different to the Essendon game, you know, back in round three or whatever that was in that, you know, they, they started it like they were having a crack early on, but just, you know, just, it just was bad. And then it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And, you know, we, we won hit outs, by 30, we lost the disposals by 50, we lost clearances by 13, tackles by 25, inside 50s by 25, with 30, 30 less scoring shots. And obviously the you know, final margin of 111 points is uh, is pretty gross. But, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's it's hard to get any worse from there. Yeah, that's even, even, yeah. even more so. Um, I mean, Nick said he didn't watch a replay. Oh, I actually pretty much missed half the game myself any, uh, before that, not even looking at any replays or anything. Um, yeah, I was out and about, did get home to a halftime, sat down and then had to sit through that. And I think I found myself halfway through the last quarter flicking over and flicking between watching the uh, English Football League playoff instead a little bit. So sort of put it down in the our game down the bottom corner and just kept it one eye on it. So, yeah, it was, it was a very, very ugly evening. Um, uh, as I heard one person say, 111 points may have been flattering with how badly they beat us. It's, yeah, just you, sh- you should not turn around and lose to a team that you play, that you beat in a final the year before by near on 20 goals. It's not something that should happen in any season no matter how many players you've lost no matter how many but they're missing players too so there's no real excuse for it cheers to all the names that have popped on that are watching it as well and a few comments that we'll get to in a moment claire uh jeans for one is talking good name that the surname uh, talking about the uh, the outs 
for this week, which we'll get to, which are pretty significant. So, um, yeah, send your, your thoughts through. But if you look at our beltings this year, so we beat Essendon by six goals last year and lost to them by 75. So that's a 111-point turnaround. We beat Port Adelaide by five goals, lost to them by 54. So that's an 84-point turnaround. Uh, we beat Richmond early in the season by 26, lost to them by 87 or whatever it was. That's a 113-point turnaround. And the Bulldogs were beaten by three in an elimination final and by 40 during the season and get beaten by 111. So we're talking 20 to 25 goal turnarounds on results against the same team from the previous season. So um, to me, it's a very difficult question. Are we the side still from 2020 that won a final and finished top six? Are we a bottom four side? The reality is we might not be either of those two things. We might not be as good as we were last year. I don't think we're as bad as we are now. But, yeah, I mean, we're not a side that is 20 goals worse than the Western Bulldogs. So you've got to dig deeper into why that is happening, um, whether it's attitude, whether it's system, whether it's faith. I know, you know, talking to Terry Wallace six or seven weeks ago when Port Belted us, um he said that he had an issue with clubs that went after the foreign legion in a sense. And I know a lot of our best players are players from other clubs like Jack Steele, for example. Um, but the theory was from a lot of people was that can that side gel together? Will they, will they dig in when it gets really tough because they're not born and bred? They haven't been, you know, they haven't gone through the system at the club. They've almost come in and been poached from other clubs. Will they roll up their sleeves and go to war effectively when it gets tough. And I guess the answer, unfortunately, to that at the moment is no. It's it's an interesting one. It's not necessarily a theory I subscribe to. I, I kind of I, I understand it in, in the concept and, and in the theory. But in, in practice, I mean, these guys are professional footballers, right? And and just because you are drafted to a team doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to give any more than someone who's 24 and is coming from someone else and has had four or five years in the system already. I, I just don't understand that. You know, I kind of, like I said, intellectually, the concept I, I, I kind of get, but in reality, I just doesn't, I, I just don't subscribe to it. Um, it it's, it is a, a weird one. And, and, you know, you look at some of those, those guys that have been our best players, you know, over, over this year, you look at guys like, um, you know, Paddy Ryder when he's, when he's been fit and firing has been wonderful. Zach Jones was our best two weeks in a row, pretty much. Jack Steele is, you know, our new captain and our new star and, and our best player um, coming from another club. Um, last year, Dan Butler was was one of our top five players coming from another club. Um, Jack Higgins hasn't been terrible. He hasn't, he hasn't been great by any means, but he hasn't been terrible. He's had some, had some good games and some good moments. So, you know, I think I think it's a bit of an overreaction to this. I think, you know, we, we, we spoke um, right before the season around the way that the list had been built and, and it was built to compete, to be competitive. Um, and the way that they kind of topped up for depth, you know, you look at, at the guys like McKernan and Hunter um, and, and Forley even, you know, those guys, experienced guys, to bring in some more experience, to bring in some more bigger bodies. Um, and we're there to be backups, really. The, the reality is that we've had to play all of them at some stage. And, and that was that's never part of the plan. You don't bring in backups to play all of them. You bring them in to be a backup on the, on the odd chance that you need one of them. Uh, but to have all of them in at multiple periods of this season, you know, that, that depth has been tested and tested really, really devastatingly hard. 
Um, and that's not, you know, that's not what depth is for. Depth is to fill up numbers and to make sure that you can, you know, you, you can fill a, fill a team on the weekend. But you, you're never meant to get down to the bottom, you know, the bottom two last player on the list. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of where we've got to with the, the, A, the number of players that were out early and, and early doors, you know, from week one um, or just after. And the type of players, you know, they were two Ruckman at once. That wasn't meant to happen. Uh, key defenders, you know, and, and the two small defenders that are, have been vital to our structure in Geary and Patton that we haven't been able to replace. And and like I said, those two Ruckman, you just you can't replace Rowan Marshall and Paddy Ryder with Paul Hunter and Sean McCune. It just doesn't doesn't matter if they if they're depth players, they're just not the same. And it, it you know it's it's not like for like, and you can't get like for like. So there are there are excuses, there are valid excuses doesn't make it any more palatable to see what's going on because no matter who's out there, they should be giving 100% effort, 100% of the time. You know, it's one of, one of Grant Thomas's mantras, um, you know, which is what Saints footy was all about, 100% effort, 100% of the time. And it looks like at times that you're not getting 100% effort from 100% of the team 100% of the time. And you just can't win games of footy unless you're getting that. And do we believe anything about the whole... Oh, we we're aiming for 2022. What was said the other day? Do we look at that and think, uh, I, I, I can see where they're coming from a, a little bit. Yeah. But when you look at where we were last year, you don't then target going, oh, look, we're still looking two years ahead and going backwards is acceptable because that's that, that puts you back probably further from that 2022. We should be looking <laughs> going, We if we looked at last year saying, yeah, 20, okay, we finished top six, this year should be a similar or slightly better result. And then if next year is the year we're aiming, that's when we should be a lot better. So I mean, it's, it really seems to be a, correct. It's, it's a really good point and, and a really interesting topic. And I reckon we could probably do an entire podcast on that, that specific conversation because you look at, at a number of teams and, and often there's one year that they overperform and outperform their own expectations. And, and I think... You know, the way that we performed, the way we played footy, the results from last season, um, our obviously final season results probably outperformed our own expectations. Um, it's possible that we outperformed internal expectations as well at the same time. And you look at the, eight, the, the list profile, the age profile of our list, it certainly wasn't built to contend in 2020. It wasn't built for a, you know, a, a sustained finals run in 2020. And it probably wasn't built for a sustained finals run in 2021 either. But having had that run last year and then topped up with the likes of Jack Higgins, um, Brad Fouch, bringing in Foley from retirement, Sean McKern, and bringing these big bodies, guys who have played experienced football, you certainly don't expect a backward step. It isn't, it's entirely possible that we didn't plan on having the year that we had last year and that we overperformed and that 2022 onwards was kind of the window from the beginning. But... You can't then you can't say that we're expecting you know in in preseason we had a really great year last year we're expecting to go further and and play better and play harder and you know this is this is our time you can't do that and then halfway through the year go well actually it's not our time and we never really thought it was going to be our time um, so you know mixed messages and really strange mixed messages having said that I I understand where they're coming from it's just been delivered incredibly badly yeah and, and I guess the you spoke about injuries and like injuries. 
explain certain things. So you look at Richmond. So Richmond are missing half their midfield. They're not as good, but they're having a crack. You look at other sides in the comp. The Bulldogs have got more injuries than us. Uh, West Coast have got more injuries than us. I know West Coast results have been up and down. The Giants have got more injuries than us. Carlton have got as many injuries as us. Um, North Melbourne have got as many injuries as us. They're having a crack, though, and, and I guess that's that's the difference. Like, if you sit there and say, if you take Marshall and Ryder and Hanbury and uh, Gresham and Jones out of St Kilda's team, are they going to be as good as they were when they were playing? Of course not. But that's not the point. I guess the, the point is that there's got to be a base level of effort. You've got to go down swinging. You've got to, you know, you can't just basically roll up your sleeves fight for half an hour, it becomes apparent you're not going to win the game. So you just put your, your bag in the back of the car and go home. Like There's got to be some level of resistance to, and that's the, the disappointing thing for me, because you just want to know that when the going gets tough, they're up for the fight and, and we can't trust them watching them at the moment. You can't sit down at a game or on TV and go, well, they're a bit under man. There's a few blokes out, but they'll have a crack. They'll fight it through. They might pinch it. You just don't have that faith. It's a case of, I mean, they were on against Geelong and, should have won the game. So I guess that's where it's frustrating because they dominated a game against the top four side, should have beaten them by six goals and then lose by 100 points a week later. So, And that's because they didn't have it on their terms. The Bulldogs were the side that were setting the pace and when it wasn't on their terms, they were just like, oh, it's not on their terms. See you later. And that's the frustrating part. So, yeah, you can never cop that from, from, from any side. As I said, I'll never be, you know, as we've always said, you, you can never demand that a team will win a game of footy. You just can't do it. You can't sit there and say, you must win this game or therefore you are a disgrace. But one thing you can demand is that whatever happens, you're going to be up for the fight and we're not. And that's the that's the annoying part about it. If we are up for the fight, we're a pretty good side. Hmm. But why aren't we up for the fight? I guess the, the, really, the really frustrating thing, and, and, you know, there's a lot of commentary around, culture in footy clubs and, and the history of footy clubs and whatever, but this is a pattern. You know, this is not just a bad year from St Kilda. This is, this is just another year from St Kilda. It's just happening again. And, you know, you get to that point and you keep, you just wonder to yourself, why do I do this to myself? Why do I put myself through it? Like I could go and forget about football. I could go and forget the St Kilda football club and go and live a really happy life and never worry. You know, it, it would be perfectly yeah. fine. And yet every week, week after week, you know, we have our we have we have our blast in our chat group, and um, you know we go off for twenty four hours or forty eight hours, and we give them a spray internally and sometimes externally on the podcast. And then week after week, we come back and we pay our money, and we go and we buy our jerseys, and we buy a scarf, and we go and sit in the outer, and we love this club. And why do we do it? Why do we do it to ourselves? Because it happens year after week after week after week, year after year. Why do we do this to ourselves? It's it's horrific. Yeah, we'd be. I reckon we'd be nearing on a hundred years membership between the three of us. So you look at something like that, and it's yeah. Uh, you, you do ask that question sometimes. What? Why am I here? Um, I mean, you think back to early thousands, two thousand, two thousand one, that sort of thing, and we were no good. But geez, you saw some of those players put their head down and just go for it every week, and you you go, that, that's all you ask for. You don't ask mm. for them to. So, yeah, as Darren's saying, don't you, you have to win this match. It's, we want to see you wear the jumper with pride and play for the team. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're also playing for the supporters. I mean, yeah. you, you might not be attached to the club as much as what the supporters may be, I guess, um, in some cases. But when you've got the jumper on, you are. You, you are the club. So it, it's just wanting them to 
get out there and at least have every week 2021 20, of the players look as if they are out there to run through someone to get to yeah to run through them to get the ball first to basically tackle as hard as possible to want to be the first player to the ball that that's all they're asking for but mm. Last week, we were second to the ball. We didn't want the ball. We didn't want to chase, didn't want to tackle, didn't want to do anything, it seemed like, for probably mm. 15, 15, 16 players. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not something that is acceptable. Yeah. There's, a comment, there's a comment here from John Zulian on the, on the Facebook post, um, and, and he's 100% right. And he said the loss against the Cats was the killer because we outplayed them and, and still could get the, couldn't get the win. And I think that... The, the, the expansion of that is the week-to-week inconsistency of effort and intensity. You know, against against the Cats, you couldn't fault them. Yes, they didn't kick straight. But that effort, that intensity, the energy out there, they chased, they tackled, they ran for each other. You know, they put in they put in the full the full shift from from start to finish. They put in the full shift and they dominated. And they showed when they do that, they can be a really good football team. And then you have games like last week where they don't, and, and some of them are playing at 50%, some of them probably even less than 50%. And you, you look at guys like Ryan Burns, who who absolutely put in a shift, like tried his hardest and tried his heart out. It was his best game for the club, in my opinion. Uh, you know, and, and you look at, at kids like that, and if they can do that in a 110-point loss, why can't some of the more experienced guys do the same thing? And just, you know, it's not... Obviously, the result matters, right? But if they can show that they're having a dip then there's far less to complain about. And you'd rather you'd rather be shit every week and see them having a dip than one week go close to beating the premiership favourite and outplaying right. them completely and then being demolished by another team who who you, you beat in the final twelve games ago with you know similar teams. Like it just it's it's outrageous really. No, it is. It's spot on. And look, just a few comments along that line, just, just sort of filtering through some of the comments as well. <clears throat> Cheers to quite a few people that have popped in to say g'day. Dom Alardi is a great bloke, but he barracks for North. So on your bike, Dom. Uh, good fella, but we've got a little infiltrator into the group. So uh, see you later, son. We'll, uh, we'll have a chat later. Um, Claire says the outs are disappointing. They are. We'll get to that shortly. John Peter Budge is watching. I wonder if that's the John Peter Budge. Nice to have you on board. Mikey Cole, who we spoke to last year as well. Um John says that he lives, he's live in one of those, um, got to pick the one winner in a comp, wants to know if you should pick the Saints. Probably wouldn't trust us enough for that, John. Um, if you're going to do it, you might know as well do it this week. Because Nick is your lock of the week. Um, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it this week because I'm not sure what other week you're going to pick us. I don't know when, you, when else are you going to pick us, yeah. <laughs> No, that's Wait right. Go so you've got to use the Saints. Maybe, but in saying that, like, it's hard to be, hard to be any... Exactly. Hard to be anywhere near confident. Now it looks like maybe our Sydney game next week might be in Sydney rather than at Marvel. So um, mm. where are we here? Uh, yeah, a few more people sort of just chiming in. Good to have them with us um, watching along the way. But, yeah, on the, the selection, which we'll get to in a moment, but we might full stop that game with some votes for, for those that um, are tuning in live that, that only catch the podcast occasionally. We usually do a three, two, and one. It is pretty tricky. 
Um, although in saying that, in, in bell things like that, it can often be easy because you've only got two or three good players. But I found one vote for Dougal Howard. I thought if not for him, we would have been 100 points down at halftime. Um, struggled a bit after halftime and the Bulldogs forwards got rolling, but was our best player at halftime. Ryan Burns gets two votes. Thought he was very good. 12 marks, 24 touches, both career highs for him. And Jack Sinclair was probably our best player. I thought he got the three. So uh, one to Howard. Two to uh, Burns, three to Sinclair, Hates. I've done exactly the same as you have. Um, as I said, I missed a fair bit of it. I had to go back and have a little bit of a look at bits and pieces and this and that. And as you're saying, if not for Dougal, then, yeah, they were going to be absolutely trounced by half time, and you may as well have played Mercy Rule right then. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was to- tossing up between him and Ryder because I, I felt Ryder just about won his position. Um, if you look at, yeah, the I destroyed him in the hitouts, and I believe he had a pretty good hitout to advantage rate, but obviously whatever we did with it straight after that it was completely nothing. So, um, yeah, he was he was the other one I was tossing up. Um, as I said, yeah, best, game, best game we've had for Ryan Burns. That, for a young kid, that was a great game, and... What is his fourth game now? Fourth, fifth, something like that. So, um, yeah, to be able to pl- put your head up and, yeah, one play. Up, but, yeah, to be able to lift your head up in the, amongst all the other players who were just dragging their feet and do what he did. I'm, I'm very happy with what he did. He's, he's got to be someone who keeps getting a game week in, week out. Um, and, yeah, three to Jack Sinclair. Probably showed more heart than anyone on the ground. Saturday night. That's that's as simple as it is. That's that's why he's got the three votes. Yeah, pretty similar. I mean, Dougal for me gets the the honourable mention. Um, like you said, he I, I probably had him as our best on ground at halftime. Like you said, it was it was probably hundred points at halftime, if not for Dougal at at, at that point. But um, I think he he got outpointed a fair bit in the second half. Um, lost his head a few times, which you can kind of understand, given the situation and and the the, the pressure that he was under. Um, but I gave one vote to Jack Steele. Um, yeah, just does Jack Steele things. Uh, I'm not sure we need to, need to say too much. I gave two votes to Jack Sinclair. Last week, I thought he was very unlucky. He was my honourable honorable mention last week. I thought he was best on ground to halftime last week and then dropped away. But but um, last week, uh, this week, I thought he was one of the few that, that put in a, a real full shift. Um, 28 touches, 584 metres gained. Uh, was just very good. He was clean with the ball. He He moved it. He moved it fast um, and was just yeah you know, was just impressive. I think he's he's on a real good trend at the moment and um, and he'd be up there, kind of you know top five, top seven in the best and fairest at the moment. And for the reasons that that you both said, I gave Ryan Burns three votes. Um, I thought he was our best player for the entire game, um, especially in some of those effort metrics. Um, you know he was in and under. He was winning the handball. Um, didn't didn't lose the ball far, you know. He had twenty four touches and only only gained one hundred and thirty meters or, or so. But you know, he played eighty five percent of the game. Um, was efficient when he had the ball. He won three clearances, three tackles, just kept running and providing an option the entire game. And and that's something that you know not many of his teammates can uh, can lay claim to. So, um, um, what, what do you reckon? What do you reckon this week? Just I mean, we'll we'll wait for we'll wait for Parker before we start talking about some of the the ins and outs because obviously there's. There's some pretty big uh, talking points out of that, but you know, basic at a basic level, you know, we should be beating North, right? 
Well, simply yes. That that that's as simple as you can put it. That they're a team that we should be beating easily. Technically, oh, when you look at it, they've improved. They've they've improved massively from what they started the season. That's for sure. But even if we are missing half a team, the the inexperience in their team, um, we should be able to cover very easily. Um, but you just sort of think about last year and that game there, and you're, we're sort of thinking the same thing to begin with. We're going, oh, yeah, going to this game. The North aren't going to be much chopped this year and got out to a decent lead. And then over Annis, we're thinking, mm. okay, so what's happened to us? I think we put it down to all the new players we had saying that, oh, yeah, they they haven't gelled yet and this and that. And, and then it turned out they, they played the rest of the year and they started playing well together. So it's, what's that, 14 months later? No excuse. I mean, mm. there shouldn't be any excuse to beat them this weekend. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing I'm glad is that they've had a win because <laughs> I didn't want to be the first one to lose to them. Um <laughs> That just would have been like, yeah, just could see it happening. Going in, they're going without a going in without a win, thinking, yep, that's going to happen to us. And yeah, I'm I'm very happy they have got that one win under their belt now. So um, it's just they're just one of those teams. You shut down a couple of shut down their key players, and you should be fine. Um, I mean, Cunnington's flying as he does. Um, so yeah, as long as if we can. Keep him on the wraps and make sure he doesn't hold one of ours down too much. We should be able to win the battle in the middle there. Um, but yeah, they've got a few good young players who will cause a little bit of trouble, but they're inexperienced. We've got a bit more, well, as, as we know, we've got the oldest, eight, uh, oldest list in the league. So our experience and age should be something that we can use against them and try to win the match. Yeah, I'm like, like you said, I, I was 100% confident of losing that game. Had North not won a game already, I was I was sure that it was going to be us. Um, now that they've got one, I'm I'm not so sure. I'm still not confident of beating them, but um, I guess my you know, we, we should beat them. I think that's just reality. You look at the talent levels on both lists, regardless of anything that's happened in the last you know ten weeks. The talent levels on on our list, even at half track. Is should be enough to beat them. Should to beat North. My, I guess my question is, what is the benefit of beating North this week? It's almost a lose lose situation because if we win, we're kind of papering over some cracks. We get a win, we get some four, we get the four points, and we, we feel good for a couple of days. And then and then what? You know, it's like, oh. what what do we have to show? What do we have to show this week in a win against North? For it to be a legitimate victory, is it? Is it a hundred points? Is it sixty points? Is it? Is it four quarters of effort? Is four quarters of effort against North Melbourne enough to to make amends of sorts? I mean, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. But is it? Is it going to be? Is it going to be a step in the right direction? Or is this week? I mean, if we beat North by ten goals, does it mean anything? Four quarters of effort's your starting point. That that's where it starts. It's basically. If we play four good quarters of football, I mean, they have. I mean, we've seen recently they pushed along, right to the, right to the final court of siren. They, they were almost in a position to beat them that day. So, 
they can play some good football. So we need do need to play four quarters. That's as simple as it is. So start there, get that get that right, get the matchups right, get the game plan right, and then I guess it it does give confidence in the in the team itself. If we lose this game, everyone drops their head completely and goes, "Okay, yeah, we're we're completely cooked." But get a win, get a play good football, and the players sort of think, "Okay, look, it's it's not over." We, te- I mean, at the moment we're a game and percentage out of the eight. Mm. We're 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 not sitting last on the ladder, looking five games behind or anything. Yeah, it, it, a game can turn a season, and it can, I guess it could be any game of the season. So, if we can pull back one of the margins that we've had, I mean, just as we've pulled one back a couple of weeks ago, and then we've lost a even bigger one now. Mm. Um, just, just well, that's, that's the thing, and that's yeah. that's the worry is that you know you play a couple of good weeks, you, you and and we did, you know, we played some we some we played some okay football, and especially you look at that Geelong game, we played some really good football, and you have a game like that on Saturday night, and it ruins the entire that entire process. You know, it's not it's not one step forward, two steps back. It's one step forward, ten steps back, and so I'm I'm just I'm really wary about you know, going this week and going and firing because they've copped it. You know, the club's copped it this week and, and rightly so. Um, and we've probably been a bit tame and, and tamer than I expected, you know, a day or so ago. Um, but rightly so, the club has copped it on a number of levels this week. Um, and and maybe they come out firing and they and they beat North by 80 points. Maybe they beat them by 30 points. But what does it, what does it show us? It doesn't show us anything because we know that when they – when they put four quarters of, of football together, when they put three quarters of football together, they're a really competitive team. So I'm really not sure what we can what we can gauge from this week, and that 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 worries me. Yeah, as as I'm saying, it's North who we got North or who we have this week. If we think about any further for but after that, I mean, we don't know where we're playing next week already. I mean, it could be Sydney and Sydney, and we're thinking, oh, that's going to be great for us. So as we know, I mean, we went up there last time thinking, oh, we should win a match and got absolutely belted. So it's a bit of a worry if that gets moved. And then do we get Adelaide moved as well? It's, um, I mean, that's already in Queensland. Possibly it stays where it is. It's just a question of what whether Queensland lock anyone out or anything. It's, mm. um, yeah, it might be in Adelaide. Who knows now? But there, it, before the... Uh, Sydney games most was before it was meant to be moved or whatever. It we looked at three games ahead, thinking, okay, look, we get those three, we go seven six at the bye. And now we're sort of thinking, oh, everything's up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen now. Where are we going to be sitting? It's yeah. Um, so it, it's given us a bit of a rethink of what's going to happen, and really do now. It's a focus of okay, let's win the next match, not what's coming up after it, because now we don't know. It could be anything. Um, so it's just a matter of, yeah, get this way, get the win, get back on track, see who we got next, see where it is next. We, yeah. We don't don't look any further ahead than this week. It always happens when we do, we do a live episode. We always have technical difficulties. But we'll keep going. Hopefully, hopefully Parker can... Uh... 
can uh, can join us soon. But um, we've got a question from uh, actually a, a comment from Jimmy Dobson, and, and he basically says we need we need consistent four quarters. And Michael Bartle says we need weeks to become credible again. And I think that's right. You know, we need, we need to play four quarters against North, and we need to do it for a number of weeks after that, for to have any sense of credibility um, within the competition, within the within the footy landscape. Parko's walking around. He he's just uh, sent a message. He can't hear us, so uh, this is going swimmingly. But um, got a question from uh, from Benji, little brother. Thanks for listening, mate. But um, H. Thoughts on the mid-season draft? We heard Lethers um, on Monday say that if we if we were going to hit the mid-season draft, even though we've got four, potentially five spots with Carlisle on the long-term injury list, that we're probably only going to take one player, if that. What, what are your thoughts and, and what type of player are we looking for? Well, it doesn't cost as much, does it? I think it, I think it's, it costs us 50 grand a player or something. Let's. Why not hit it hard? Why not pick up five different players that are got completely different attributes that we can put into completely different positions. And I mean, yeah, p- pick out a, five players who are absolutely flying wherever they're playing. Like, I mean, as we're saying, we, I believe we're not having spoken to Freeman. Um, he's absolutely flying, but I don't know whether he's who we're looking for at the moment, but um, yeah, it's just, I don't know why we wouldn't hit it hard. Spend a spend a couple of dollars, fill fill the list up, and just have them there. And I don't know throw throw something to one of them. Say, hey, get out there, show us what you can do. We've seen what you do in the local league. Play well enough, you 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 stay in the team. That's that's. They've got nothing to lose. We've got nothing to lose. So it, it could be worth. I I don't know about one pick's not going to change anything. I don't think. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. It was I, I thought that was a really interesting comment. I was there at, at the press conference, and I thought that was a really interesting comment. And I was surprised that uh, no one asked why that is. And and you know, I thought I thought that someone I didn't get a chance to ask that question. I had a couple of other things that I had to to get to, but um, I was surprised that no one asked why. Oh, I heard heard a breath from Parker there. Hello, there he is. There he is. <laughs> He's back. I'm back. Where I had no delay. Of, uh... No delay, too, and no delay. Magnificent. We found, Very we good. found the uh, we found the, the we found the magic as well to every podcast from this position. Moved into the twenty first entry. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, uh, uh, just to uh, to catch you up, we kind of we kind of finished the uh, the north chat, um, and we're yeah. now talking. I had a question from uh, from Benji on Facebook asking about the mid season draft. We we're talking about Letha's response at, at the press conference. Um, you know, if we're going to hit it, we only pick one player. We've got four, potentially five with spots. You know, why is that? Is it a financial decision? Um, is the club in that bad a financial position that we can't take, you know, a couple of rookie, essentially what our rookie list of players for six months and give them a shot with the, the you know, get an opportunity to, to get a senior list position next year? Like what's, yeah. what's the go? Yeah, they're freeing up money for, for something, a target at the end of the year. Pretty much. Yeah. You're thinking 80 grand, that sort of thing. So, um, unless it's just they've, they've got a board and, and on the board there aren't players that, that suit what they think their needs are. So, um, yeah, I mean... I would have thought we have so many needs at the moment. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Where do we start in that regard? Mm. So, um, you know, with Patton out for the year, with, with Carlisle probably out for the year, with Gresham out for the year, um, you'll get Marshall back, you'll get Jones back, but not for a while. Um, yeah, so, so is it... 
ball users? Is it pace? It's um, mm. yeah. There's a lot of different areas that they can look at. But the, the you one, have, you, have you touched on the changes yet? Not yet. We're going to wait for you because obviously that's a big one. But just want to quickly touch on on Nathan Freeman. There's a lot of Saints fans that want Nathan Freeman back at the club, given his his uh, form in in the VFL. And I just kind of wanted to to quickly touch on that because he's not the the type of player that we need anymore. You know, when he was drafted, he was Paddy Dangerfield type player, dynamic out of a contest, had incredibly powerful legs. You know, bursting out of out of the centre, um, could play almost any position on the ground. Incredible speed and power out of the middle. Uh, could kick at 60 off, off a step or two. And he's now he, that's not him. And we know that he's killing it in the VFL. He's getting 40 a week. He's averaging 41 touches a week in the VFL, which is incredible. But, you know, a lot of those are short kicks, handballs. He's winning clearances. We, we don't need he's, – he's just not the type of player that we need at the moment. We've got a number of similar one-paced, one-track type of guys that we already – kind of not that happy with at the moment when you look at, at guys like Seb Ross and, and um, Luke Dunstan, I guess Brad Crouch has, has been up and down in terms of the, you know, Nathan Freeman. Now the type of player that Nathan Freeman is, is not Nathan Freeman from five years ago or six years ago in his draft year. And he just doesn't offer us anything that is going to help us right now. That's pretty much right. Yeah, I think for what I heard, I think um, well, he's pretty much ruled it out. So, yeah. yeah. And I think I've heard a whisper that, Essendon, maybe in talks with him. That, that's... And Richmond, Richmond is, is the big one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Richmond, Richmond seem to lose the clearances every week. So. Yeah, that's right. Richmond yeah. lose the clearances every week. Yeah, they they need a, a contested beast in the middle. Um, they're missing some guys in the middle that they'll that they'll get back over the next few weeks. But they're certainly short on depth in that area. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up at at, uh, at Richmond. Looking at the the you know a lot of the major questions and there was a good one in there talking about how we've always used the phrase unacceptable and and the club has used the phrase unacceptable but they almost accept it by the way they don't make the the wholesale changes that they forecast and if you look at the only big name of note that's out for St Kilda this week so we'll go through the changes out McKernan Frawley Loney Clark Bytel in Claverino for his debut so good luck to him that'll be good to see. Wood, Highmore, Coffield, Dunstan. So Clark's the only big name out, and he's out with a groin injury. So they've dropped McKernan, Frawley, Loney, and Bytel. So the Bytel dropping is frustrating, as it is for most people, but they've dropped Loney, who is always the first one dropped. They've dropped Frawley, who was the last one in, and they've dropped McKernan, who, with all due respect, isn't that good. So um, if you look at you know the, the guys coming in, Dunstan, replacement in the middle, Highmore, replacement down back, no worries. Wood plays well at Marvel. Caulfield gets another opportunity. Claverino makes his debut. So we get a look at a kid, but there was not one significant dropping mm. in that group. They've dropped a kid in Bytel who they shouldn't drop, but no one's been made an example of. Not Butler, not Hill, not, you know, name your player, not Battle. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it's really, it's Loney. Loney's the guy, right? And and yeah. Yeah, he's certainly not, he, he's not the, the profile type player that I think people were asking for and that both... Brett Ratton and Simon Lethleen alluded to this week. Uh, and, and to be fair, Leth has said that we're not going to drop someone for the sake of making a statement. He said that from the outset on Monday. But mm. surely there were, you know, there were players ahead of Dak Bytel for a mission. There had to be. And, and Bytel didn't have a great game on the weekend. You know, there weren't many that did. It certainly wasn't his best. But he's just got to be in the team. Uh, he's an emergency. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's an emergency. He'll probably be the medical sub. Um, and maybe there'll be a late change. I don't know. It's a shame to see Clark go out, obviously. But 
Um, you know, I, I don't see any positive reason or any reason at all why they would have dropped Jack Bytel. No, none, none at all. I, as I, was, I think I was saying to you off air before, I said a few weeks ago, he should not miss a game for the rest of the year unless he's injured. There's no reason for him to not be in the side. He's Correct. shown more than anyone over the last month. Um, he gets in there and he tries. I mean, he, he's a kid. He's he's thrown himself in there against these big bodies in the middle of the ground, and he's actually winning a lot of contests. It's I, and if I saw managed next to his name or something, I'd be like, look, okay, he might he might be a bit beaten up and a bit sore. But he's not. He's just been dropped. Um, I mean, it'd be good if they came out and said, oh, look, sorry, they should have been managed. They'd be like, fair enough. Okay, let, let, let's give him a week off and then bring him back next week and he can start again. It's just It just didn't make much sense if you're thinking you know, he's just been dropped because he's done nothing wrong, nothing mm. wrong at all. Um, the one name I was thinking, if there was to be a name set an example of was possibly memory he's been a bit up and down um he's shown a little bit but hasn't done a lot yeah that's memory um, memory at least brings the effort yeah Yeah, he brings the effort and and he's way down in terms of his output and his Mm. ultimate performance you know he's normally a magnificent kick for goal and he's i think he's kicked 10 goals 14 or something this year or eight goals 12 something like that for the year um which is way down on his his usual output um, but you are can you could certainly imagine it happening uh, at a successful club. You know when you're not performing, it doesn't matter. At, when you when you're a successful club, it doesn't matter how hard you try. If you're not performing, you're not performing. You go out of the team. But you know Jack Loney dropping Jack Loney and Jack Bartel is certainly not the answer. I thought Dan Butler was up there for a shot, um, and there are a few guys in in the middle. Um, you know, obviously Brad Hill is not not lighting the world on fire. Um, he's had a couple of good games, and I thought. He certainly he certainly improved. Last week was a, a step back again. Um, you know, Max. The question with Max King is: Do you do you give him a week? And and you know, why why wouldn't you? If you're going to drop Jack Bytel, why wouldn't you drop Max King and and give him a week in the twos to you know to, to do it or give him a week off and just say get right, get get your head right and, and come back fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it makes no sense some of these decisions and and that Bytel one in particular, like like I said before, is just a, a stunning. A stunning decision, and almost, you know, I felt like my eyes popped out of my head when I saw that on the way home. From I, was work. Gonna, I think with King, I don't know whether VFL is going to be any better for him than playing against North Melbourne. Well, possibly, That's possibly thing, not. So. We said we said that yeah. said that last week. You don't know if you know is it worth playing in the VFL? Maybe not, but maybe he just needs a week off to get his head right because he's got all the talent in the world, the, the physical traits, the skill, the talent. The you know his effort is still pretty good. Um, but it's just not working for him for whatever reason at the moment, and maybe he just needs just needs a bit of time to relax. You like, like you said, like you said, this week in the bag. Yeah, yeah, like you said, Parker, a week ago. You know, get him, get him, tell him to go bowling, go see some movies or whatever. And obviously, you can't do that in Melbourne now. But you know, just have some time on the couch and catch up on some shows or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, I guess our um. And that, that's the conundrum. Is it more work or less work, as we said, that is the, the, the key in that situation? But look, I mean, I'm not one who's baying for blood, but like if they're going to make a statement like that, then, then actually make one because that, that's that's not one. But I mean, we lose Clark, unfortunately, to injury, who's an important player in the context of a, of a game like this. So, you know, obviously we're confronted with a game where 
we have everything to lose and, and not a lot to, to gain out of it. If we win the game, uh, it is expected. It doesn't solve any problems. It doesn't mask. Uh, it doesn't cover any of the cracks. It doesn't do anything like that. And if you lose, it's an absolute disaster. So they, they have to tick the box. They've got to find a way to uh, to get through it, secure the result, move on, get to five and six, no injuries, bank the performance, because you know, obviously, the consequences of defeat in a game like this are pretty severe. So, um yeah, obviously, not in any position to take any game lightly. North Melbourne have had a dip of late. They fought games out reasonably well. So I know they got a touch-up from Essendon, but, you know, their second half was better than ours, for example. They, they at least sort of ran ran it to the line reasonably well. So got to be on our toes. And, and you know, if you win the game, you're five and six. You then play Sydney and Adelaide, and who knows what you can do from there. Like, it, it's not over. But, um, but yeah, clearly there's a lot of work to be done. But, um, yeah, we appreciate everybody stopping by for the live broadcast. And... Obviously, we had to do that given, A, the situation the Saints are in, but also, B, the situation that Victoria is in, which changes every every so often. So, um, yeah, we appreciate that. We look forward to uh, to Saturday twilight and we'll reconvene normally, hopefully with a pretty big-name guest next week ahead of our clash with the other Sydney Swans.